to the Pete McMurray Show. Here's Pete and Lisa. To be an Air Force Special Ops paratrooper, you have to be disciplined, committed, and the best of the best. Air Force Special Ops paratrooper Israel Del Toro's life changed completely when returning to his base, the Humvee that he was in, ran over a bomb, exploded, fire burned over 80% of his body. He somehow survived and tells his story for the first time in his new book, A Patriot's Promise. And Israel Del Toro joins us now. Brother, thank you for your service. We're so glad you're alive to come on the show and tell your story. Uh, thank you for having me on, Pete and Lisa. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a pleasure uh, that I'm still here. I get to see <laughs> my boy grow up, you know, uh, so... You know, he probably was like, Dad, why do you got to be on me so hard? You know, <laughs> but it's like, that's what dads are for. Right. Well, I can't even imagine like dads themselves are hard. They're on you. You know, they're trying to teach you about life and discipline. But having a dad who is a former paratrooper, oh I cannot even imagine the level of discipline required in your home. Yeah, he wasn't a big fan of dad being a coach on his sports teams. <laughs> <laughs> a coach. Oh, my God. What's the difference between special ops paratrooper and just a normal paratrooper? So uh, so special operations, they, we fall on their SOCOM. So, you know, each branch has their own special ops. You know, I'm a techie. That's the you know, tactical air control party. And it's funny because now we change. Now I'm special warfare. I'm a special warfare operator. So, you know, you got the regular paratroopers that are conventional, uh, and a lot of them do come from, like, uh, Green Berets, Rangers, you know, SEALs, but it just depends where they're assigned to at the moment. That's a big difference. So I'm looking at your beautiful cover of your book behind you, and the word patriot is just pounding in my face. Same. And I want to know... What is a patriot to you? Because I think right now there's so many definitions of patriot just floating out in the country. I would love to hear your definition. I would say a patriot is someone, you know, sacrifices for others uh, that tries to live through honor and dedication. Uh, That's what I feel what a uh, patriot is because, and they do it for the greater good. You know, like for me, when my dad gave me that promise, to take care of family, there are many moments in my life where I did sacrifice from our brothers and sisters for to honor that promise. And and that's what I feel a picture is, because I remember when we were trying to come up with the title of the book, I always knew it was going to be promise. There had to be a promise in there. Uh, that's been a, a through line of your life. Right. It, it, it is. And I remember they wanted to use a hero's promise. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, it's kind of, you know, if someone was writing a book about me and wanted to say that, okay, I got it. But it's hard to call but, yourself a hero. Like, me, look at me. Calling, I, was, I was like, it's not yeah. like agreed. <laughs> I think you made the right call with Patriot. But yeah, that's what I feel Patriot is. He's, he, he does it for others. He fights for others and, and will sacrifice for the greater good to try and keep that honor promise for. Well, the name of the book is called The Patriot's Promise, Israel Del Toro. Take us back to December 5th, 2005. Your life changed forever. Humvee drove over a bomb, blew up, 80% of your body burned. How did you survive? You were in a coma for four months. Yeah, you know, uh, when, I, when I woke up from my four-month coma, it was crazy. The doctors are asking me, hey, do you know where you're at? And I'm thinking, well, I got hurt in Afghanistan. I'm probably in Germany, in Launchstool. Right. 
And they're like, no, you're at Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio. I was like, do you know the date? Oh, December something. <laughs> like, oh no, it's March of 06. And uh, then they start going into telling you, you know, we gave you 15% chance to survive. 80% of your body has to be burned. You're in a coma four months. And and like I said, you, you died on, on, almost died on us three times. And then they go into what your life's going to be. I was like, all right, okay, now you're awake, but you still got a long recovery. Right. You're going to be here another year and a half. Uh, you may not walk again. You'll be on a respirator for the rest of your life, and your military <laughs> career is pretty much over. Israel, I don't mean to laugh, but can they wait a beat, maybe give you a sandwich before they <laughs> I, I run was just through? thinking the same thing. Like, oh my God, have breakfast and a cup of water before you just blow his mind? <laughs> yeah. Please, thank How you. How about a Diet Coke before you give me the bad news? <laughs> it, it was, well, I, I would have I said, can I have some, some whiskey? But, I probably, <laughs> <laughs> but it's cr- crazy. They're, they're looking at me, and you know, obviously, um, I can't move because my muscle has atrophied. You know, I'm all wrapped up. I look like a mummy. And I can't talk because I have traits. So they're just reading my lips. They're waiting for my response. And I pretty much told them, you can go to hell, but more colorful words. <laughs> I wasn't going to accept what they say my life's going to be. I never accepted that ever in my life. I, I am going to choose what my life is going to be. I am going to choose what the disability is going to be be not the, the other way around. And I wanted to show my son that, yeah, it sucks what happened to dad, but he's going to beat this because we all have a spark, something that drives us. Sometimes we find it on our own. Sometimes like, we need help to find it. And and that's what I did. I, every day after that, you know, I kept pushing. And two months after they gave me that diagnosis, I left that hospital walking and breathing my own. How do you find... It's hard to ask because it's like you obviously have that inner spark and that stubbornness and you, you're you not going to take their opinions. But to Sound someone advice. out there who is struggling and who got a horrible diagnosis, do you have any advice to help them find that spark within themselves? You, you know, it's everyone's different. Uh, everyone, yeah, you know, for me, it was my son. And it's crazy that, you know, here's a burn guy talking about, hey, we all have a spark. You know? <laughs> but, I didn't think of that. Oh, <laughs> but, but we all have one. And sometimes we, you know, just something as little as, you know what? Like if you're going through a very hard time, like like in the military, you're training. And some instructor saying, you suck. You're not going to get through this. That can drive you. That can, you know, spark it. Or it's something like for your family. You're fighting for your family. But sometimes it's hearing a story of someone else who went through some adversity in his life and hospitals thrown at him at a young age. And it helps them find, because I'm still not comfortable when people call me a hero or inspiring. I, I just see myself as regular DT. But it didn't really hit me until one time when I, did, I spoke to a big military group. All the leadership was there. And usually I open it for questions and answers and... People will ask, sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll wait till they want to shake my hand. Or other times they, they'll DM me during social media. But this young lady, she had been in the military maybe two years, stands up in front of everybody and says, Sandro Toro is like, I've tried to end my life many times. And I'm listening to you and I hear how you never gave up, how you kept fighting. I just want to thank you. You helped me find my spike. You helped me find that I can still enjoy living. 
And that was the first time it really hit me. Right. You're describing it and I almost get chills hearing how moved she was. Did you have a visceral reaction in that moment when she's saying these words to you in front of all of these people? I I was I was speechless. I I was because I I mean, the the guts for this young airman to stand up in front of all her leadership and hundreds of her fellow service members. And to say that, I I was like that. Like I said, that's when I I was like in all that. Oh, my God. People really listen to me. It finally hit you that people are listening to your message. It it did. That was that was the first time really hit me. Do you think that mental illness is still very taboo in the military? I, I think it's certain certain career fields, I want to say. But I know, you know, at least in, in my experience, a lot of times it's in special operations, you know, where, you know, we're, we're the alphas. We are uh, <laughs> nervous. We're, you know, the Rambos, you know. Right. The, you're the big dog. You're the guy. The big dogs. You're the guy that we go to that parachute into a country. And we're the ones that sometimes we, we're the hardest to, you know, admit uh, and, and sometimes we just don't see it. I always tell people, ask the families, because they're the ones that see it, you know, than the individual. Right. I feel like I'm asking so many questions. I'm sorry, Pete. I have one more, <laughs> and then I'll let you talk. No, man. Because <laughs> this is... There, there's, there is no Pete. There is only Lisa. I, yes, I, I, love, Lisa. I love that you're on this show because you're inspiring. Just fire off the questions. You're inspiring me and so many people that are listening right now. So we know historically that a lot of marriages or relationships do not survive either a large physical trauma, such as the one you've had, or just deployment and having a serviceman come back from, you know, being overseas and the life that you're leading out there. What do you think the secret is to your relationship with standing not one, but two of these major life changing events? You know, I just I I think I got lucky, really. Uh, can, I, can I answer it for you? Because you're a guy that doesn't quit and you don't want to fail. And marriage probably falls in that category. We're going to make it work. Yeah, well, I, I think, like I said, I got lucky, but I also got married a little older. You know, I I, I got married at the age of 26, I think. I was like, oh, that still sounds like a baby. To yeah, me. <laughs> it sounds very young. <laughs> well, from coming from a Hispanic family, right, right. usually it's like, oh, yeah, you're married at 18, 19 you years old. You're a senior citizen. Right? I was a senior looking citizen. at you like, but you know, uh, and you are right because my wife saw many loved ones leave their, their service members in the hospital and just going to take it. Yeah. And even from all, even from all the guys that did their, their loved ones stay with them. I think there's only from when I got hurt in the hospital, I think there's only one other couple still married. It's Um, hard because you change as a person, but also all of a sudden the person they married change and you may not envision yourself as a wife or a caretaker to a hurt individual. It's it's a hard life to kind of wrap your head around. Huge transition. It's it's hard. It it is. uh, You know, it was our biggest fights me and my wife had was. When she got so used to take care of me, she wouldn't let me be independent. Yeah. Like, oh, that's love, man. She just didn't <laughs> wow. want you to get hurt again. And I know. And I understand. And, you know, people always ask me, who inspires you? And I was like, honestly, my wife, because what she went through, oh. I got hurt. Yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, could you imagine watching her in the hospital bed for four months in a coma? Uh, it would have been tough for me. It, I ain't yeah. going to lie. A lot of like, guys would have bailed at that moment. A lot of women would have bailed at that moment. I, I, I like to mess with my wife. She's like, what would you have done if I was there? I was like, I would have brought your mom to help. 
<laughs> you were injured in 2005. Why did it take so long for you to write this book, man? Well, because, you know, I still had so many adventures, you know. Uh, and in my mind, I figured only old people wrote books. Which, yeah. which, which I'm guessing I'm old now, but I was still in the service. And I used to tell people, dude, I don't even like to read. You want me to write a book? <laughs> but, you know, when when I retired after COVID, when COVID hit, I was like, well, I guess I'll now start. Time. Right. Here we go. Got to do it. The best line from today is, I'm going to choose what my life is going to be. That is such a great line. Oh, thank you. We should and all live it. life like you don't, that. You just were like, nah, whatever. Right. <laughs> Pete, it changes yeah, that's, that's just me. That's what I do, Pete and Lisa. Uh-huh. The name of the book is called The Patriot's Promise, Israel Del Toro. Thank you for your service. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for inspiring us today. Uh, thank you, Pete. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me on. That's it. More of the Pete McMurray Show next.